Welcome in to another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. My name is Rick McClatchy, and I'm just honored to be here today for another episode. We're going to dig into uh, the concept of foundations uh, in really in relationship to discipleship. I mean, Jesus, right before he took off from this, this earth, uh, he said, go into all the world and make disciples baptizing them and uh, and then teaching them to do all the things that I've told you to do. And, you know, that's something in, in this season, especially as a church, uh, where maybe the, the hustle and bustle of Sunday morning has been a bit removed from us. We turn our hearts with a little bit of fresh focus to what is it, Lord, that you really want us to uh, to have our attention turned towards? What what is it that you want us to be busy with, in a sense? And so, um, anytime I turn to the the thought process of discipleship, my friend Roshin always comes to mind as uh, really her life just bleeds discipleship. Everything about her just says, "Be a disciple, make disciples, disciple, disciple, disciple." So, Roshin, uh, welcome in. Thanks for being a part today. Thanks, Rick. It's great to be back. Awesome. So, um, so tell, talk to me a little bit about uh, why you are so passionate about this this word foundation. Like, why why are foundations so important to you? You know, for me, foundations is really foundational for us as Christians uh, to to really um, ensure that we don't fall apart, you know, in the season of going through COVID-19, I think many of us are being tested in our faith, tested in our, in our foundations and what we put our trust in. And in this season, especially as Christians, we need solid foundations and what we believe and why we believe what we believe so that we can stand strong and we can represent Christ well in this season. So, for me, as a new Christian at the age of 18, I had someone help me form good, solid foundations. They effectively discipled me for, um, for a number of years and helped me to understand what the Bible was all about, what it meant to pray, um, what it meant to actually have a, a time of prayer each day with the Lord. And that has set me up for my, my life. Um, it's been it's helped me with having a daily discipline of prayer and, and time in God's word. And so, yeah, that's that's why I feel like foundations are really important as a Christian. I was thinking about a great um, picture that kind of uh, just loudly proclaims the importance of foundations would be the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Uh, have you, by any chance, have you ever seen it in person? I've been to Italy, but I never made it to the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Well, so uh, it's crazy. It's they, you know, they intended this tower to just be straight up and down. That was the architectural design was for it to be straight up and down. I don't actually know what the purpose of the building, like what kinds of things were supposed to take place inside the building. Um, but the ground was so soft that by the time they got to the third floor, of the building, they started to realize we have some pretty serious tilting going on here. And they've had to spend tons of money uh, to digging down and to strengthening and to keep the thing from stinking falling over, you know, and uh, the loss of human life and stuff that could result from that kind of a catastrophe. And so 
it's interesting that this uh, this whole concept of pursuing right and strong foundations is not merely um, so that you know we we don't die, you know that we, but one it's it's you know like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I don't even know um, what its purpose is. All I know is that it's something to be kind of gawked at at this point, um, and so we don't want our lives to be something that's just merely gawked at because wow that's weird, you know, like, why are you so off? But that we would be people that are solid and secure and so that we're fulfilling our purpose because I, there's other buildings in the world that you don't actually question. What is the purpose of that building? Because you know, because it's happening. Like, oh, it's a legislative building. There's, you know, the legislators meet there and they write bills and they vote on things. Um, you know that because that's what's happening inside that building. But the Leaning Tower of Pisa, I don't know. It's a, well, now it's a tourist thing, right? Because people want to gawk at it. But why did they build it in the first place? I'm not sure. We want to make sure that our lives reflect the very thing that God has created us for. And that requires that we have solid foundations. And so, um, so you have some material that's actually been kind of put together um, that we you actually just call it foundations, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Next steps for new believers, foundations. Awesome. So why don't you just uh, talk to me a little bit about how that fits together and um, just you kind of just lead the way here for me. Sure. So um, I love that you mentioned the Leaning Tower of Pisa, Rick, because I feel like that's a great real life example of what happens when you don't build on the right foundation. And the Leaning Tower of Pisa was not intended to be a leaning tower. When the, the architects designed it, it was meant to be a beautiful um, display of architecture. And then it ended up being a failure. But they obviously they, they tried to uh, to still use it. And it's, it's become a very big tourist attraction today. Um, but it reminds me of what Jesus said in, um, in Luke, in the book of Luke, where he said in Luke 6, 47 to 48, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. And he parallels it with two men that one man who, who built um, on a solid foundation and the other who didn't. And what happened to each of their houses, one stood strong amidst the storm and the other one fell apart. And he likens it to our lives that if we don't build a strong foundation, then we might well fall apart. And I know people in this very season that have not dealt well in this um in, in covid and it grieves me particularly as a christian i feel like god has given us his word he's given us um people in our lives that can speak into our lives and help encourage us in our faith and if we don't build solid foundations we could fall apart and so i feel like when the challenges of life come jesus is the one that we need to build our lives upon so i i helped uh, create this uh, curriculum. This is, this is really a collaboration. A lot of the material that I got was from a pastor up in Vancouver who uh, created uh, what's called Establish. It was an app that he created and it helped me to kind of use it as a framework for creating sort of six simple steps to help a new Christian understand what the key foundations are as a Christian. And so I, I started up a small group on a Sunday night I've been doing this one-on-one -on -one with many girls and young women 
And I've been sharing it with other people to take others through it. And I've now formed a small group on a Sunday night at 7.30 to help them go through it. So I, it's very helpful for new believers, but I also feel it's really important as a, as a Christian at any stage of life you are at to review your foundations and make sure your foundations are still strong. So uh, the, the, the topics that I cover in this resource are um, really what it means to be a new creation. What does it mean to actually be come born again? What does it mean to, to now put my trust in Jesus? What does that look like? What is, what is kind of laying a foundation of trust in Jesus look like? And that's kind of, it seems ethereal. It seems kind of this, this um, you know, notion. Rather, I, I believe that God wants us to, to discover what it means to be a new creation, which first starts with building a foundation on his word. And then it starts with renewing our mind. And then he gradually renews our heart and then creates in us a desire for more of what he desires. And so that comes from 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Benny, I was thinking of this, Rick. We, we talk about being a new creation, but how do we help people see what a new creation is like? How do we help people actually to know what steps and, and how that looks like? And that's why we, we need to first model it um, as we help lead others. And then we need to actually teach them what that looks like. And so the foundations I'm talking about are things like um, what, what sin is, discovering what, what does sin mean and what does it mean to actually turn from sin. And then we talk about what does it mean to make Jesus now Lord and Savior of our lives. That means not trusting in ourselves, but actually putting our trust in Jesus and him being first in our lives. I think that's actually a really difficult adjustment when you've been used. I'm sure you'll agree with me. It's a difficult adjustment when you've been used to doing life and, you know, being the one in control and, you know, uh, calling the shots. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, actually I was just talking to somebody. Yeah. I was just talking to somebody uh, the other day and they called me looking for uh, some degree of counseling or what, you know, advice, help, whatever. And, um, and basically he was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I just, I lie about things. And I said, okay, you know, like, do you lie about little things? Do you lie about big things? You're like, what's your, what's your pattern here? You know? And, He's like, I pretty much lie about everything, you know, like I'll lie about little dumb things that don't matter or I'll lie about really big things. And, and he's like, and I, I need to change. And I said, well, you know, I, I super appreciate the fact that you want to change. I said, but we got to back this conversation up a little bit because I, I'm not going to be able to change you. You know, like I can't suddenly take you from being uh, a liar and and transform you into someone that tells the truth because what's wrong is deep inside of you you know it's not something that I even really personally have access to and so I kind of began to even ask him some questions you know like what what is your relationship with Jesus well okay I don't have one okay so that's actually where we're going to have to start we're going to have to start in a place 
where you surrender your life to Christ. And, and I, it's kind of funny um, how the illusion of control, um, the illusion of us being in control of our lives can keep us from entering into this lordship relationship with Jesus because we're so afraid to lose our control when if we actually are honest like how much actual control do you have over your life and it it's not much you know i mean like welcome to covid-19 and how much control are you feeling like you have over your life right now? It's kind of this like window into, wow, I don't control a whole lot in my life. And so, um, you know what, I, I might as well um, intentionally put the control of my life into someone's hands that I know is trustworthy. And so, um, yeah, that was a, it was a pretty interesting conversation. And I think I caught him a little bit off guard in that answer. And I said, so actually the first time that we're gonna connect with each other, that's what we're going to spend our time talking about is who Jesus is and his call on your life to, to pick up your cross, to lay down your life and to follow him. And then we'll see what Jesus can do with your life when it's properly surrendered. So I love, I love what you're saying about, you know, we need to, we need to dig down deep and we need to build our life on the rock of his word. And that's done by, not just hearing the word, but putting it into practice. And so, um, and oh gosh, uh, I, I, you know, I know that the resurrection of Lazarus uh, is a historical thing that actually happened and is not necessarily meant to be allegorized. And so allow me a little bit of flexibility here in, in that when we are saved, you know, when Jesus calls us to, you know, from darkness into light, uh, we are essentially dead people coming to life. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and it's interesting how Jesus calls Lazarus out of the tomb. And then he says, hey, y'all, you guys, help him get those grave clothes off of him. Like, help him take those things off of his life so that he'll be free to move and actually, you know, live again. And, and I just think how he didn't say, Lazarus, go figure it out on your own. He said, you know, he, he looked to the people that were around, people that loved him, you know, they were at, they were at the tomb because they were mourning his loss. So there are people that love him and are around him. And so I think that's a kind of a, a cool picture of what Jesus is calling us to do as, you know, as he's calling us to life that we look to other people to pour into us. So we're not too prideful to receive that. But then also that we're looking for the people that still have their grave clothes on and how can I help them walk into greater and greater levels of freedom in their Christian, in their Christian life. I love actually how you shared that analogy because Paul in the book of Romans actually says something very similar in Romans five and six, where he talks about being dead to sin and alive in Christ and how as Christians, we're not meant to walk still struggling in sin. We're not meant to walk still kind of a little bit um, hindered or injured. We're actually meant to walk free and alive in Christ. And I love what this, this foundations um, curriculum does is it reminds us of our, you know, of, of who we're actually called to be as, as believers in Christ, but also followers and also born again and new in Christ. Um, the mistake that we can make as Christians 
is to only accept Jesus as Savior and not as Lord. The thing is, it's all very easy for us to pray a prayer of salvation, but if we miss the Lordship part, we're actually not living in true relationship with Jesus. It's kind of like when I think of you, Rick, you know, you're a husband to Sarah and, you know, you you committed on your day of, of you know, marriage, you know, I'm going to commit myself to you. I'm going to, I'm going to be with you. We're going to be together. And I think of that in our relationship with Jesus, when we pray and invite him into our lives, it's like a marriage covenant. We're saying that we're not just going to say, thank you for coming into my life. We're going to say, Hey, look, let's do this together. I'm going to lay down my life for you. And I'm going to put my trust in you to lead me in the right direction. And I think if we miss that crucial part, we don't actually live the life that God has called us to live. And like you said earlier, you know, uh, we think we're in control and we think we have, you know, the ability to run our lives in the way that, you know, we, we kind of all fall, fall short in so many areas. But I, I believe that God wants to, to show us how to live our lives in a way that honors him and that would point others to Christ. And so, um, you know, this, this uh, foundations is, is not just my ideas and it's not just the, the ideas of a good dear friend of mine who, who we've collaborated to form this, but it's actually a lot of it's just based on scripture and it's just reminding us that Jesus tells us exactly how to build foundations. He tells us exactly he is the foundation we build our lives upon. And, um, uh, the the tool that I've I've, I've um, helped to create is is really to to um, equip people to be able to first check their foundations and then to help walk someone else through it. I think about meeting with someone over coffee and having a conversation about Jesus, and that's kind of what this tool helps to do. It's very conversational. It's not like purely a teaching tool. It's actually a conversation that that you can have with another person. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so do you want me to kind of step you through it? Yeah, that'd be awesome just to kind of hear the different, uh, topics and convert, like the different conversations that we need to have in order to, and, and I think what I love about this material is that it focus, uh, focuses, focuses, you know, sometimes talking <laughs> is hard. And so it focuses in on the the who you are and what you're supposed to be before it starts answering the questions of what you're supposed to do because i i think too often you know we're very performance oriented as a culture and so it's it's never usually about the the being question it's about the doing question like i want to do the will of god well the, the will of God is that you become more Christ-like and, and really help other people become more Christ-like. And so really God's more interested in who you're becoming than what you're doing because the what you're doing will follow naturally out of the who you're becoming. And so, um, yeah, like let's just dive in. Uh, what, are, what are the conversations that are had to help direct people? Awesome. So like I said, we start with an introduction about what does it mean to be a new creation and the importance of foundations. Why do we need to build solid foundations? We talk about what it means in step one to have a new relationship. What does that look like? You know, um, actually coming to, to know Jesus and not just about him, but actually to know him and, uh, and 
sort of being able to piece together some of the story of the Bible and how we fit in that story. So we talk about the problem of sin and how sin is really uh, the choices that we make in our lives. It's our, our heart's propensity to actually make wrong choices away from God and how um, God's response to sin was to bring us back into relationship with him. And so the whole point of, of, of God sending Jesus was to restore relationship with us and to provide a solution for our sin. And so uh, we talk about the attributes of God, the, the fact that God's heart and desire is to be with us and for us to position our lives in such a way that we walk hand in hand with him. You know, I think about how, how a GPS, for instance, if you put a, a destination in a GPS and you trust that GPS to get you to the right destination, and it gives you this kind of bird's eye view of where you're going and the journey to take the path you should take and maybe some alternate paths as well. And God has the, the incredible capacity to see um, the bird's eye view of our whole lives. And when we acknowledge who God is and we are reminded of his sovereign authority over our lives, it's then we can know, oh, okay, we can place our trust in him. That's the new relationship is formed as that of trust. And then um, we talk about who he is in regards to him being the ruler. So he's actually the one in which he's, he's pre pre preparing a kingdom for us um, that we're going to see one day. You know, we're going to be able to, to come into relationship and know God in such an intimate way um, in heaven one day, you know. And so that's step one is a new relationship. Step two is actually looking at what it means to make him Lord and Savior, like I shared. So it's us then changing our leadership from ourselves to Christ and being able to understand what it means by putting our lives in his hands. Um, so in that chapter, I talk about what repentance is, so what it means to stop the direction in which you're going. And to turn and change to the different direction, now heading towards God and now heading towards his plans for your life. And throughout this resource, I give people like these warm-up questions, there's scriptures there to think about, um, there's practical applications. Um, we talk about um, what does it mean to, to believe and what does it mean to put our trust in God, turning away from our life of sin and shame and turning toward him. Uh, so, yeah, um, the step three. So step one is a new relationship. Step two is a new Lord and Savior. Step three is a new commitment. So that's where we talk about things like baptism. And um, we talk about um, uh, communion, about now being able to partake of communion and being able to really um, understand what that all means. I also encourage um, the believers in this section to, to transcribe their testimony to explain what God has done in their lives and at that point, what changed? What has changed since they became a Christian? Now, if nothing's changed, that's a concern. There should be a visible change. And, um, you know, and, and over time, that change should be more obvious. Um, so that's always a really exciting one because it gives someone an opportunity to really 
explain what the change is and, and, and what Jesus is actually doing in their lives. So, um, and then each section, at the end of each section, I have next steps. So it encourages people, first of all, to get to, to start reading the Bible, to start talking to God. And, um, and then there's, there's other steps. So this one particularly, it has, a, had, has um, an option of, of writing down your testimony and being able to share that with another person. So that's the first three steps. Um, the fourth step is where I introduce the idea of spiritual family. So the church, what does it mean to be in a new family? Of course, that doesn't mean that we turn our back on our own natural family, but it means that God is inviting us into his family, which is the church, and, and for us to be able to grow together in relationship with one another. So in this section, I talk about what the importance um, from, a, from the Bible's perspective of what a church is. And it also reminds us, and it reminds me as I go through it, the importance of, of being um, a body of Christ that embraces new people. Um, it reminds me that as, as a Christian, as someone who's been now a Christian for 18 years, that I, um, I, I also need to be eyes open, ready to embrace people that are coming in that are new and that may not understand all that I do about Jesus and how am I going to help them better understand? Um, so, yeah. So any questions so far, Rick, anything kind of that you want to talk about and what we've shared that's, that's up to, we're up to step four. I love, I just love how it's, it's simple and yet it's deeply profound. And, um, you know, the fact that you start with a new relationship, it's, God wants to have a relationship with you, not not just some sort of, you know, legal status change, not just, you know, it's not just like Jesus died on the cross to forgive you of your sins. Like, it's not this separated idea, like Jesus didn't just die to clear your record. He, he, he died to be able to clear your record to enable relationship to happen again so that there can be that deep longing in your soul can be met by the only one that can meet it. And, um, and then just following it up with, I love how in, in there it talks about the attributes of God, because if you're going to have a relationship with someone, you need to know who they are. You need to know what that's all about. And, you know, in, in Bible college world, you know, it's theology, right? It's the study of who God is. And that can be like, oh, theology, that's for the Bible college people. That's for the seminary people. That's for the pastors. No, like theology is super important for everybody because what I believe about God will dictate how I live my life. Like it, if I believe that God is a horrible, mean and, you know, out to get me, I, one, I won't come to him. I won't, you know, I won't pursue that relationship with him, but if I believe he's good, if I believe that he's, you know, he's on my side and he is giving me some of these creative ideas to pursue this or to go after that, like, but then, then I'll live my life way different. Um, if I believe that I don't deserve salvation that because he is too holy and then that, that, but yet he's made it available to me. That changes how I live my life towards other people. And so what we believe about God enables us first and foremost to have right relationship with him, but also helps us to rightly represent him to other people. And so I love how that that's such a, a core part of the very beginning, the Lord and Savior. You're right. We both talked about that. You can't just 
you can't just jump on with the benefits package. You gotta, you gotta surrender to the one that, you know, you're in his kingdom, you're in his household, like follow, you know, follow the rules. Um, and uh, so then, and then just the importance of repentance, change of heart, change of mind. And, um, uh, and then, awesome. you know, so, and then commitment and family, like, I love how it's a great, that's, yeah, it's so good just to be able to take people again to the foundation, to the core. This is what you're stepping into. So it isn't just, I, cause I think without this, what we do is we just bring people in and go, Hey, good luck. You know, I hope you can figure it out. And, you know, let's say that Christianity, the relationship with God is 10 layers deep, you know, like there's these 10 different layers of just richness and fullness that you can walk in and experience. And on their own, they get to like the second level, you know, and they're like, oh, I don't know, it's okay. Um, maybe, you know, and they don't, they don't even understand like how really deep and full and meaningful it can be. And so, um, so that's the first four. What, what are the, the last few there? Awesome. Okay. So that's the first four. Step five is actually new power. So this is where we introduce the Holy Spirit and the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives as believers that actually without the Holy Spirit, we're not effective Christians. The Holy Spirit is just literally God's spirit with us always. And it's the spirit that Jesus promised us um, when he left, when he resurrected and headed up to heaven, he left us with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the very person of Jesus and, and the spirit of God with us always. So what does it walk with the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to engage with the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to have the Spirit work in our lives, give us gifts, and, and, and for us to really operate in our God-given authority? And so this is my favorite section, and I think because it really, it gets people excited. It makes them think, hey, I'm a part of the story that God has created me for. It's not, you know, the past and, and then the future. No, it's the present. God has actually called us right now to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we partner with the Holy Spirit, we can do great things. And so I, I, I was actually taking a girl through this section last Sunday and she got all excited. You know, she, she um, had just recently become a Christian. She'd been baptized in water and has been attending church and when I started sharing about the Holy Spirit, she got really excited because she thought, oh, wow, like, are these gifts for me too? And I was like, yes. And so she started praying and asking God for more of his Holy Spirit and more of, you know, the outworkings of his Holy Spirit to have in her life. And, and I've just been so encouraged hearing some of her steps of faith to engage with the Holy Spirit this last week has been really cool. And I tell you what, Rick, when I take different people through this resource, I can't help but also be full of faith and, and feel like I'm also growing because there's nothing like a new Christian first coming to know about God and then being able to walk with God. And then that excitement that they feel, you know, discovering new things, it's kind of contagious. You know, I get excited about, about it. And so that's why I think as, as someone who's been a Christian a long time, the the goal of discipleship is actually that I would become more like Christ so that I can help point people in the direction of Christ and 
the goal is also for us not to get uh, complacent in our faith or mediocre, but for us to continue to grow. And I think by helping others to grow, we actually also grow. Okay, so that was step five. Step five is about the Holy Spirit. So step six is actually about now you connecting your purpose with God's purpose. So this actually looks at what does what is God's big plan? So why are we a part of his story? And what's his big plan for creation, which is super exciting. And then I talk about how, you know, God wants us to grow and also how he wants us to reach others for Jesus, you know, and um, how we can play a really awesome part in his journey. So those are the steps. Those are the six steps. And I, I take um, each time I meet with someone, I just take them through the next step. And um, I've just found it to be a really, really good resource. What do you think, Rick? And I, I just, uh, I really love that because I love that, again, kind of what I was saying about being before doing, I love that the purpose, you know, piece, like God's plan, it kind of comes at the end. It's like, first come through the door and understand who he is and he wants to connect with you. Understand what it means to make him your Lord and your Savior. Understand what it means to lay things down, to change, to to repent, to change our mindset, and then to change our actions as a result. And then the commitment piece, like making it really, really real in your life uh, through through the physical act of, of water baptism, through communion, of remembering what he's done for us and and, and kind of receiving that fresh uh, part of the covenant. And then, and then stepping into a new family because we're not called to this by ourselves, um, being endued with power, like having him bring his power on us because I am kind of weak, you know, all by myself. But I, but when I'm filled with the power of God, great things happen. And it's like, wow, you get all of that. And then we talk about the purpose. And what I like about the purpose part is that it tends to be kind of worldview kind of thing. Like this is how God created the world. And this is where we're going so that we look at the world through the proper filter and we don't get kind of sidetracked because we have like, a, again, a wrong foundational perspective. And so, um, man, it's a, that's a really powerful package of things. And I really appreciate you taking time to walk through this together um, just in a quick overview. Um, and I know we've talked about you coming back for a couple more episodes to to dig into some of this and then also another resource that you've been working on um, in, in the elem, in the arenas of discipleship and evangelism. And so pretty, pretty excited about that opportunity as well. So, um, so thank you so much. So we have a new relationship, uh, Lord, not just savior. We have a new commitment, a new family, a new power, a new purpose. Um, and just, uh, so we'll, I'll work on uh, trying to get with you on how we can make this resource available to our listeners. Um, and so uh, I will keep the listening audience uh, up to date on that process. And so again, Roshin, thank you so much. If you had one last little nugget to drop on them, what would be your word of encouragement just to wrap up uh, the, the show today? My word of encouragement is that check your foundation is it solid in Christ? 
and then help someone else to build a strong foundation through God's word. Awesome. That's so good. Well, again, thank you so much for your time today, Roisin. You always bring such great um, heart and content. And uh, and we're just, uh, to you, the listening audience, I mean, we just hope that this content is equipping and empowering to you, that you can be a blessing in your local church and in those that God has placed uh, you around, that those in your sphere of influence, that you can be influencing them. And yes, Roisin, one last, last thing. <laughs> I wanted to say I would love to resource um, whoever's listening to the podcast who would like to have this information. Um, we are looking at making it into an app right now, um, and so and and making it into a, a document that is shareable. So, if you are interested, contact Rick, and um, we will try and get that information out to you. Perfect. And as always, questions, comments, snide remarks. Requests for information can be directed to me at rickm at manahouse.church. I would love to help you with that. And with that, we just say have a great day. May God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you, be gracious to you and give you peace. Uh, Thank you for listening today. Take care.